Hello, all sentient beings, and welcome to Transmissions Alt Mode, where we talk about all news, comics, and media related to the... On this episode, we delve into some of the most obscure Transformers stories with IDW's Best of the Rarities comic collection. And for Empire of Rust fans, a new official Transformers tabletop role-playing game is coming soon. Today is Friday, August 12th, 2022, and this is episode 298 of Transmissions Alt Mode. Welcome to Transmissions Alt Mode, the podcast that is living in an alternate reality, one where Jetfire is the leader of the Autobots. I'm your host, Charles, a.k.a. Big C, and I'm joined by the excellent Transmissions team, Jeremy, a.k.a. Yakko. Hey, how's it going? And Daryl, the Cybertronian Beast. Hey, I'm good. How are you? Let's talk Transformers. As always, we start the show by thanking our Donatrions, those lovely people who support us on Patreon and PayPal. We really appreciate your contributions, and it helps keep the show going. So if you'd like to become a Donatron and help support the show, just go to transmissionspodcast.com slash support, and that's where you can sign up either on Patreon or PayPal. And, uh, you know, we've had uh, this week we had the early version of Empire of Rest Episode 82, our Transformers live play RPG podcast that was released exclusively for our Donatrons. So it's already available on our Patreon page if you'd like to get access to it. That's the uncut bonus episode version. But this coming Monday, we will have the regular episode. And this is going on the free feed at transmissionspodcast.com slash Rust. And this will be on Monday, August 15th. Empire of Rust, episode 82, Carapace in the Mist. So sounds like it might focus on the one of our Mist. player characters, Carapace. So check oh, it out. I was wrong. <laughs> I thought I was going to focus on the mist. No. <laughs> you got to get caught up, Daryl. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. Uh, also, and uh, just uh, we mentioned this in the toy show, but we've got milestones coming up. So next week is our ninth anniversary. Uh, we'll have episode 299 of Alt Mode. And then in two weeks, the big one, episode 300 of Transmissions Alt Mode. Also episode 500 of regular transmissions. So, uh, you know, you, I'll, I'll let you decide which one you think is more important. Uh, but we're going to celebrate in both episodes. So uh, send in some voicemail shout outs if you're so inclined at transmissionspodcast.com slash feedback. You can send us some voicemails and we might put them in the show. So uh, if you want to be a part of Transmissions history, do it now. Okay, this week uh, we're going to jump right into our comic review. So uh, this week we are taking a look at Transformers Best of the Rarities, and this was a very interesting uh, collection. Uh, this was curated by James Roberts. Uh, you may remember him from as the writer of More Than Meets the Eye and Lost Light. He's been a big Transformers fan since the 80s. He's from the UK, so he grew up with the Transformers UK, Marvel UK comics, which was a big part of his uh, formative time in the fandom and uh how he became uh the awesome uh transformers writer that he grew up to be so he was uh, you know part of the I, I guess the legacy of the transformers uk um you know storytelling uh and it's all the stuff that came out of simon Furman and all the awesome artists in the uk there uh particularly among them jeff senior and andrew wildman 
So uh, we're gonna we're going to uh, take a look at a couple of stories because this, this is an this is a kind of a, an anthology. So there's not one main story in here. There's a lot of little stories. A lot of them are coming from the UK books because there are a bunch of UK stories that never made it to the US. Were never really published here, or I guess in North America, I should say. Um, also, some really completely unpublished stuff. I guess um, there were some Transformers comic strips produced for the Sunday Times in the UK, uh, and those are uh, in, produced in 1989. So they feature like characters like the Power Masters. Uh, they feature um, the Pretenders, the classic Pretenders, uh, and they uh, um, they feature uh, Megatron and Galvatron. Uh, <laughs> And you know all the all the different Decepticon leaders that the the uh, Decepticons went through in the comics. So very interesting. And these were these were these were prepared and made for the Sunday Times, but never published. So these are completely never published before. So it's really cool to get get our hands on these. Uh, these were of course written by Simon Furman. He wrote almost all the UK material uh, in from Marvel UK material for Transformers back in the day. Uh, there's a bunch of other um, UK stories. Uh, Deathbringer is one interesting one that actually ties into the Matrix Quest story arc of the U.S. comics, uh, and it tells the origin of the Deathbringer, uh, who was a uh, um, who actually uh, you know had an encounter with the corrupted Autobot Matrix of leadership. So that's an interesting story there. Uh, we got a um, the Transformers Generation Two uh, Halloween special. That's an interesting one. Uh, we've got a. Um, some retcon, some major retcon stuff uh, with a, a story called Two Megatrons. And this this happened because in the UK comic, Simon Furman had taken Megatron after after Megatron had died in the US comic. He had taken the character and resurrected him and had a bunch of other stories for him. But then when Megatron came back in the US comic, there was a bit of a conflict where, well, how is Megatron coming back when you've already got another Megatron running around? So he wrote this story basically just to completely retcon that and uh, figure out what the other, what, what, who the other Megatron was and where he came from. So that's interesting. Uh, I, I know this is probably Daryl's favorite. There is a complete uh, prose story that came out of the Transformers <laughs> UK annual, and it's all text. Oh, you know it. Uh, <laughs> and this was uh, another time and place, which was actually written after the uh, the last issue of uh, the G1 comic. So Transformers, this was a kind of a, a epilogue to Transformers number 80. Uh, and it was a story about Bludgeon trying to resurrect Megatron uh, and like revive the Decepticon movement. So it was, it was an interesting story, especially given where Megatron and Bludgeon ended up in the G2 comic, which was written after this. So it's a, you know, takes it in a completely different direction. But this Another Time and Place was a just an interesting story about what happened after the end of issue 80. Um so yeah, so there's a there's a bunch of different things, different interesting things in this uh in this collection. The two things I wanted to focus on that I thought were kind of the most uh, the most peculiar or or interesting from a from a point of view of like Transformers history, I guess, is a a the first one is a European comic promo. And so this uh, this promo was written by Ian Rimmer, who was actually the editor of the Transformers UK 
stories back in the day. So he basically worked with Simon Furman on all the artists on the Transformers UK and, and wrote this. Uh, and this was specifically this this comic pro was specifically made for uh, the Transformers being released in Europe and being marketed in Europe. So it's actually um, very, uh, you know, it's it's it ha- it takes the core Transformers story, but tweaks it a little bit, particularly because there are different characters and different toys being marketed in Europe at the time. And this was uh, this was produced in 1985 for when the Transformers first came to Europe. And they were actually produced under, I guess, Milton Bradley instead of Hasbro in, in the Europe at that time. Um, and. Uh, so it's it's just a, a real peculiar you know peculiar thing as, as to how what things were changed and what things were not changed. So it starts off like the first page is just a bit of text about where the Transformers came from, like their home planet of Cybertron. Uh, it it definitely f- takes the the approach of the comic origin where uh, Cybertron was knocked out of its orbit uh, and was like hurtling through space. And then it encountered an asteroid field uh, and was going to collide with this asteroid field and be destroyed. And that's why the Autobots created the Ark to go out and create and blast a path through the asteroid so that Cybertron Cybertron would not be destroyed. Then after they had done that, um, Megatron and the Decepticons attacked the Ark uh, to, you know, to basically win the war. Um, so the int- one interesting thing is that in Europe, Jetfire was being marketed more heavily. And so because of that, he got promoted to Autobot leader. So in this story, Jetfire is the Autobot leader and is grappling hand to hand with Megatron. Uh, you can actually see Optimus Prime in the background fighting a seeker. Uh, his back is to, you know, to the, the viewer of the, the reader. But you can definitely tell it's Optimus Prime, but he's a, he's just a he's just a grunt in the background <laughs> now. Uh, and Jetfire, leader of the Autobots, he he uh, basically set the arc on a collision course with planet Earth to basically doom both the Autobots and the Decepticons. But, you know, to take take, you know, basically take down Megatron and the Decepticons, but he's taking the Autobots with them. But Megatron's prepared for this because he has Soundwave jump out of the arc as they're about to crash. So Soundwave is the only surviving Autobot or Decepticon, I should say, the only surviving Decepticon uh, as the arc crashes into Mount St. Hillary on prehistoric Earth. Um, and this the another interesting thing is that prehistoric Earth is populated by dinosaurs, but it's still only four million years ago. So um no mention of the, you know, the Marvel Comics Savage Land uh, that was, you know, that was the explanation in Marvel Comics as to why there were dinosaurs. There were still dinosaurs four million years ago. Uh, but no, it's just, you know, alternate history where dinosaurs are still around four million years ago. So, you know, fair enough. <laughs> and uh, I guess since Soundwave is still alive, the arc realizes that it needs to uh, rebuild some of the damaged Autobots to fight against Soundwave. And... These are the Dinobots. So we get four of the Dinobots are created in this story. And this is just like what happened in the Marvel comics, the U.S. Marvel comics, where Shockwave was the uh, the lone Decepticon alive and the Ark revived Dinobots to fight Shockwave. But here it's Soundwave and Swoop is missing. Swoop is MIA. They only revi- revive the four Dinobots, Grimlock, Slag, Sludge, and Snarl, but no Swoop. 
And the Dinobots are really underpowered because they're like, we're no match for Soundwave on his own. Soundwave is apparently more powerful than all the Dinobots put together, uh, which I kind of buy it for Shockwave in the U.S. comics, but not for Soundwave. Uh, but it's the same, it's basically the same story and they, um, they managed to stop him by basically causing a mountain to collapse on everyone and they're all buried under the rubble and all deactivated. And then they cut to, uh, back in the arc four million years later where the arc, an, an eruption of the volcano, uh, reactivates the arc. And of course the Transformers story starts and the both the Autobots and Decepticons are revived. And the Autobots are comprised of Jetfire, Roadbuster, and Whirl. These are the three ones marketed. And then Decepticons are Megatron, Thrust, and Blitzwing. So very interesting which characters they chose to focus on in the European market and what they were, what toys they were selling. So just a real, uh, a real curious um, uh, alternate Transformer storyline with you know some things completely not changed at all but something's changed in major ways so uh daryl how do you think this compares to the original transformers origin story where were you what do you think of jetfire as the new autobot leader i mean i i loved jetfire as the you know as the toy it was one of my favorite toys growing up um and but to see him like i was a cartoon kid like that was that was my uh you know that's what brought me into the franchise in the first place. And Optimus was always the leader for me. So as even though my affinity for Jetfire is, is right up there, um, I never saw him as a, as the leader of the, of the, of the Autobots. Even, even if I would have read the comics like this, I, it, it, it didn't, it didn't fit with, with my, my own personal head canon, I guess. Um, the the look of of Jetfire as well being the the you know the the Macross uh, you know design that just didn't it didn't translate to uh, you know the way that they all the rest of the Transformers kind of looked it just it 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 was huge and that's probably why it got the promotion that it did in, in you know in the comics but yeah it's it's one of those figures that um, it you know I I can see why they probably did it but. For me, as a as a kid, it just it it when the cartoon is what is what that was the story for me, and and it just it th- this this comic wouldn't have made sense, you know, if I was reading this at the same time as the cartoon was coming out, um, this would have been trash. This I you know this would have been absolute <laughs> chaos. Like this would have been garbage. Jetfire, the leader, you know, somebody's playing a joke like this is not this is not right so yeah but i I love the idea that uh you know there's part of this that actually stands out to me quite a bit uh soundwave after surviving the you know the crash he's out there he's shooting at i'm assuming is a t-rex right because it's it's eating another dinosaur you know he's like that monster is is annihilating those poor creatures like he's defending another creature, right? So there's a there's a world out there where the Decepticons are actually the good guys here, you know? Um it's just it's one of those Actually, I I I think that speech bubble is misattributed. I think that speech bubble is for the Dinobots cuz he's cuz they're saying like why is Soundwave just just murdering these random dinosaurs? 
At least that's that's how I interpreted it. Oh, I think you're gonna have to you're gonna have to tweet at Simon Furman then. <laughs> well, it's Ian Rimmer. I don't. Oh, does Ian, Ian Rimmer. Rimmer have a tweet a Twitter? Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's definitely Soundwave, right? And the speech bubble is pointing directly at him. Jeremy, do you want to uh, do you want to chime in and be uh, uh, the 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 determining vote on this? I when when I read it, I thought it was odd that it would be Soundwave saying it. It, it, it makes more sense for it to be the Dinobots, but it's clearly pointing at Soundwave. I mean, clearly, it, it's a forty-year-old panel here. It doesn't lie. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to be against me because I was right last time. <laughs> I mean, it, it it definitely looks like Soundwave is trying to protect, or or he's he's he looks like he's protecting this this other creature that this other dinosaur that's getting eaten by the T Rex. Right. So I I don't think I don't think I think he just blasted that other creature because there's a smoking hole in him. I mean, T-Rexes don't don't breathe fire on their on their prey and make them smoke when they're when they after they take a bite out of them. I mean, come on. (laughs) There's no there's no proof it didn't. We're getting, we're getting, we're getting closer to, we're getting uh, back to, to Trumpian levels of justification here. Now. <laughs> we're just trying to see if Mikey is listening to this. Episode. That's right. Mikey's going to call in. Um, I just, I like the idea that there's potentially this, this kind side of the Decepticons that we never got to see. And, you know, um, <laughs> it, it was right here, right at the beginning. Um, and that th- these four Dinobots f- combining their, you know, their teamwork c- could not beat Soundwave, you know, like Soundwave would have been in the, if you go by the cartoon, Soundwave would have been an easily beatable character in the cartoon versus the Dinobots. Um, but in the comic, they are, they're goofballs. Like they couldn't, they couldn't handle them. Um, but uh, and I, it is it is very noticeable that Swoop isn't here. But on that uh, respect, Swoop as a toy did not make the journey over the ocean to uh, the, to the UK, so they did not get that that figure. And uh, and that mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense when you see that you know okay, well he's not in the comic either, you know. And it would be a long time before Swoop would make an appearance in the comic for the UK. Um, but I, I like the well, story. Well, actually, no it. So the the interesting thing is even though even though Swoop didn't would, would did not appear in the in the main UK comics he appeared with the Dinobots pretty frequently like he got his own couple of character arcs in the UK comics for a little while even I, though his toy was not on their shelves right off the bat because I know I he, mean, would, it was he not, did it was, he did appear but I, I mean this is this is the uh, the first appearance of the Dinobots here in in the UK right so well um, well these this is not this is not the UK comic this is for Europe so this is not for like oh, this was okay. not I'm confusing in, these. Things. This, this was a this was a pamphlet to go with to yeah. like basically get interest in the toys. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So for that aspect, it would make sense that Swoop would not be included. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like that. That's why Jetfire is the Autobot leader here, is because they're trying to sell Jetfire toys in Europe. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, then I'm going to shut up. Then I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I enjoyed the story reg- regardless. It was a. Uh, um, it was it was a good it was a good little story, um, yeah. Cool. What did you think, Jeremy? It it took me a second to figure out what was going on, uh, but I, I also enjoyed it. It just seeing Jetfire 
in such a place of prominence with like in that first panel, it was just, it was a shock to my system, but I, I thought it was fun. Um, it just, the art style is that European early eighties style that we've seen with like other books like the man of iron and stuff. And it, it's nice to see this, um, interesting kind of alternate take on how things came. And then at the end where you're seeing the, the ones that they, they feature, it really shows you like what was selling or what they wanted to sell in Europe with Jetfire, Roadbuster, and Whirl. And then, you know, on in the future where we see like the the characters in the UK that got the spotlight in fiction, like the wreckers, like Roadbuster and Whirl. Mm-hmm. It just, I thought that was really kind of neat just seeing like Europe and their interests are just going one way and then in North America, we're going another way. It's just, I, I really enjoyed it. And just from a historical perspective, it was it was neat. Wasn't um our Robuster and Whirl they're they're also from that like Harmony Gold toy line, aren't they? Like the same line that that basically Jetfire comes I from. Maybe that's so uh, Robuster for sure. Maybe that's why. Like maybe they just fo- like those three characters are came from the same line of toys. So maybe that's why they were they were f- pushed in the European market. But yeah, so that is uh, our European comic promo. That yeah, as I I don't think I mentioned the the artist. The, so the is written by Ian Rimmer. The artist was Barry Kitson, who I believe is also also another oh. UK artist who's worked He's on done other Transformers a lot of comics. Stuff. Um, he did Transformers, but did a lot of other stuff with Marvel and DC. Okay, yeah, and then also uh, this since I think this was originally written in other like written in other languages, I guess French and German. Uh, but this was the letters, new letters and translation were done by Lloyd Young. So that is the first little story I wanted to talk about. And then the other to um, to give another spotlight to one of the rarities uh, collections. I wanted to talk about this story, Madman. Um, the reason it's called Madman is not for any particular good reason. It's just that it was um, it was part of it was included as part of. The 2007 Australian DVD release of the G1 cartoon, and that was produced by Madman Entertainment. So that's why they chose to call the story Madman in this collection here. It should just be untitled, I guess. Um, But this is actually written by Simon Furman with art by Nick Roche and colors by Josh Burcham. So actually a, a dream team of Transformers comics artists who produced this little comic. And it's a it's a little uh, like vignette set in between the G1 cartoon and the Transformers movie in 2005. So this is set in the year 2001. So four years before the movie that takes place in 2005. And it features Hot Rod. And Hot Rod is bored because he's uh, he's stuck on guard duty at the building site of Autobot City Earth. While all the other Autobots are back on Cybertron uh, facilitating the evacuation of the last Autobots from Cybertron after the Decepticons have completely taken over. So uh, the first page is you you get this nice little splash page of all the um, Autobot ships fleeing Cybertron and being pursued by Decepticons. Uh, you can see like the, the, the standard Autobot shuttle in there, like the, the shuttle designs in there. You can see uh, Jetfire or Skyfire, I guess, uh, you know, giving cover fire, escorting ships. You see Omega Supreme there also helping out. And you see Astrotrain uh, attacking there. 
so it's a nice little nice little scene, uh, but you know we're stuck on Earth with Hot Rod as he's you know just lamenting being stuck on guard duty with Spike, and Spike Witwicky is there helping um, uh, helping the uh, you know oversee the construction of Autobot City, and we see uh, it's it's in the very early stages. Autobot City is just you know uh some uh, scaffolding at this point so not a not a whole lot of stuff uh so you know hot rod is pretty disappointed that he's stuck here being bored because you know decepticons aren't going to bother to attack us now there's nothing really to, to to attack here there's nothing to steal uh but that's not entirely true because soundwave has snuck in uh soundwave actually was able to spy on a conversation between ultra magnus and optimus prime where Optimus Prime gives Magnus the Matrix for safekeeping and buries it in a bunker beneath the building site of Autobot City uh, while Optimus Prime is away on the mission, the evacuation mission, to get all the Autobots off Cybertron. And Optimus's reasoning is that uh, if he were killed or captured, he didn't want the, the, the Matrix to fall into Decepticon hands, so that's why he gave it to Ultra Magnus for safekeeping on Earth. Uh, but Soundwave found this out and is going to is on a mission now to steal the matrix and Soundwave has brought a different set of minions with him this time so he's brought ratbat we've seen ratbat before but he's also brought overkill slugfest beast box and squawk talk and these are all latter day you know latter um uh, cassettes decepticon cassettes that didn't really feature in the comics or the cartoons but they're all here uh, and they are digging in and they find the bunker and they steal the Matrix. Of course, Hot Rod uh, is still daydreaming about all the heroic things that Optimus Prime and RC and other characters are doing as they as they uh, fight the Decepticons during the evacuation. But then Spike is like, hey, stop daydreaming. We've got an actual Decepticon attack here. And Hot Rod is like, what? He, he pull, pulls down that little visor that you saw in the movie. He zooms in, and yeah, it's Soundwave and his minions. So Hot Rod springs into action, surprises Soundwave, just as they're stealing the Matrix, gets it back, grabs it, and as soon as he touches the Matrix, he has a vision of the future of Rodimus Prime punching Galvatron. Uh, he doesn't really understand what's going on, uh, but he did get the Matrix back. He stops Soundwave from stealing it. He shoots Soundwave in the face or in the chest, I guess, and uh, he saves the day. So Soundwave. So so in the previous in the previous uh, story, we talked about Soundwave could take on all the Dinobots combined, but in this story, Soundwave and his minions are no match for Hot Rod and his blasters. So <laughs> you've got you've got two levels of Soundwave here. Uh, at the end, uh, after Soundwave has been dealt with, I guess he escaped. He probably just you know ran off. Uh, Hot Rod returns the Matrix to Optimus Prime after, uh, and Optimus Prime thanks him for you know keeping it safe. Uh, Hot Rod says, "You know, Prime, uh, I I might be crazy, but I think the Matrix actually spoke to me." And Optimus Prime says, "Oh well, maybe you're destined for greater things." Of course, Cup isn't buying it. Uh, to to Cup, Hot Rod will always be a Turbo Revan young punk. So, you know, and Hot Rod's like, whatever. <laughs> And that is the end of this little side story. So uh, I really enjoyed this because it's uh, you know it gives you a little glimpse into uh, you know what ha- what was going on uh, you know between between G one and the movie. You know we've we've always talked about uh, you know 
doing a uh, um, encouraging uh, IDW or someone to do uh, do stories like that. Uh, Yoshi's doing that now with uh, you know with his Transformers reanimated. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like this, uh, and and also seeing this uh, the art with Nick Roche and Josh Burcham that you know it's, it's like classic. Um, it reminds me of the Spotlight Hot Rod art. It was very similar to that, uh, and you know this is from back in the day, and and I guess it was probably produced around two thousand six, two thousand seven, around the same time that Spotlight Hot Rod came out. So, uh, just an interesting little story. Uh, Jeremy, what did you think of this? This was a lot of fun. Um, I when I was reading it at, at first, I was just trying to figure out like what, like how they were going to place this. I mean, what what were they going to tell before the movie? Um, but they're setting it well in advance and I, I like seeing Autobot city being built. I like the world building you have here with um, like the adventures in space that obviously happened during the show or between when we last saw the show and the movie. Um, we get another Jetfire cameo here on the first page too. So it's a little continuity crossover thing with, <laughs> with these two stories, but it, it's just, it's a really fun story. I, I love the, seeing the impulsive nature of hot rod here. Um, you also see the incredible lax security of the Autobots has continued here with sound just sitting. <laughs> no one suspects this blue tape deck is suspicious ever. Um, <laughs> I do love how they, they did the panels for um, Soundwave when he was reviewing the video surveillance. It's like outlined by his chest. I think that's a really neat way to show the panels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then yeah, the 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 fight was I mean, you're it's a very short comic, so the fight it was all too brief, but I I enjoyed it and kind of the the hint of what's to come with Hot Rod. I I think if we had gotten something like this before the movie to like introduce characters to Hot Rod, maybe like our whole generation wouldn't have had this animosity towards the character for so long. I don't know. I mean, but I think this is fun. I'm glad to finally see this. I hadn't seen it before and um, always, always up to seeing more uh, Nick Roach art and, you know, Josh Bertram doing his colors. You know, this, this was a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, Daryl, what did you think? Yeah, I'm going to agree. Uh, this was a, a really fun, a really fun story for sure. The, uh, the, the panel where you do see the, the Autobot city being built. Um, that's a, um, almost the exact same angle that you actually see Autobot city in the movie where you see prime driving along the bridge towards it. Um, Mm. and I think that's probably done on purpose. Uh, just it's, it's, you know, it's very, very cool. And, and Nick's a a fantastic artist and, you know, seeing his art like this and, and this is, this is early Nick art, but it's still, it's, it's great. Um, it makes me miss, uh, you know, uh, books done by Nick. Uh, I also love seeing the, uh, you know, the the you know the the tapes, Overkill, Slugfest, Beatbox, and Squawk Talk, um, Ratbat. We see a lot of already, so I mean, I'm not a really you know surprised to see Ratbat, but all the rest of them, they they don't don't get any love at all. So I was really happy to see those guys. Um, you know, I I really enjoyed the fight, even though it was it was short. Um, the once hot rod kind of comes into the fight and, and kind of hits the, the minions with the matrix. Um, like he hits them in his car form, but he, and takes the matrix away. 
um, you don't see them anymore. The minions are just kind of gone. Um, you know, so you'd think that they would kind of still be around. So that might be a point that the, the story kind of dropped the ball a bit, but it's a very short the story. Just vaporized them. Must've <laughs> <laughs> must've. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it, it's a short story. So it's not, there's not a lot of, you know, there's, there's, there's a little bit of leniency there. Um, but I, I too really just like the way that it kind of, it let, you know, the, the characters kind of be introduced, you know, it, it gave you a kind of a, of a, of a wink and to tell you, say, you know, Hey, hot rod, um, maybe there's something coming for you, you know? Uh, but all in all, this was just a really fun, a really fun story. Uh, and yeah, uh, I just, I really like it. These, uh, these 80, these 86 characters, uh, interacting with, uh, with earlier, you know, 84, 85 characters are just, it's just fun. I just like seeing that all the time. Yeah. And, the, and they did manage to get a tiny bit of characterization for the minions. Like we have with Ratbat, you know, in the cartoon, he was just kind of an animal. He didn't really have any dialogue, but in the comic, of course, he's, you know, he's this basically accountant for the Decepticons. And, mm-hmm. and he, the one line of speech he gets in this comic is mission accomplished and with minimal fuel outlay. So, you know, you, you got that one little bit where, yeah, he's, he's worried about not, you know, not wasting fuel on this mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then with, um, with beat, like you get a couple of dot lines of dialogue with Slugfest and beat spot beast box where, uh, I guess Beast Box is stupid because he doesn't understand Soundwave's order. And then Slugfest, you know, tells him, you know, when Soundwave says oper- begin ex- excavation, Beast Box is like, huh? And then Slugfest says, we dig, stupid. So <laughs> just a, yeah. you know, a tiny bit of, of, of flavor for these little, these little minions here. Uh, but yeah, then they disappear. <laughs> so <laughs> too bad we didn't, we didn't get a, maybe a couple more pages in this comic here. It'll extend the fight scene a little bit, but yeah, still pretty fun. All right, well, that's a taste of uh, some of the stuff you see in the Best of the Rarities comic. Uh, maybe we'll dive into some more stuff later on in a, in a future episode. We'll, you know, we'll take a look at some of the other stories that were mentioned in here. Uh, but uh, I would definitely, if if you're a if you're a fan of Transformers comics and stories, and and you haven't had it been exposed to stuff outside of the U.S. or North American market, I would definitely pick this up and take a look at it. All right, so uh, let's move on to Transformers Media News. All right, in Media News this week, we only got a couple things to talk about, uh, and that is the first one. Uh, We've got uh, a new What is the Story of Transformers uh, book, and that has appeared on Amazon. And it's a a book. Uh, It's... um, it's an official who HQ book and, uh, it's, um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's looking like want, what uh, I looked in, at some of these other in the series. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. The story of sure. Go ahead. It's essentially going to be a look at the history, like a nonfiction look at the history of how they came together. Oh, like okay. how the, the toys were brought over. Like a toys like, that I made was us. Looking at, yeah. Basically like, for you know, eight to twelve year olds. Um, I looked at the like the Wonder Woman one, and it basically went over the creation of the Wonder Woman character. You know why um, 
things were decided and stuff like that. So I imagine this is going to be the same. Okay. How the the toys were, you know, brought over, fiction was created and stuff. Very cool. Yeah, it's uh, written by Brandon T. Snyder. It is scheduled for release on December the 6th this year. And uh, and then, yeah, yeah, you can pre-order it on Amazon. Uh, it's available in paperback, hardcover, and Kindle, of course. So um, it's recommended for 8- to 12-year-olds, but, uh, you know, we're all going to get it, probably. Uh, and it's uh, 112 pages, so it's a, it's a good-sized book. Um, yeah. So there's a there's a, a glaring issue with the, the the product description. Jeremy, do you do you see it? Um, it does not say transform. No, it does uh, say transform. That's the issue. Oh, <laughs> oh, it, it says the transform and rollout line. Yes, but I was looking at later where it says they have morphed into much more than a toilet. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, no, it says in quotes, Autobots transform and roll out. Uh, dry- I imagine that's allowed. Right. Because that's a trademark. <laughs> Must. It wasn't allowed in the Lego set, in the Lego instruction book. <laughs> mm, that's right. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, this looks very fun. Um, you know, uh, if you if you want to, uh, you know, have a, a physical copy of the history of the Transformers, uh, you know, this looks like something that uh, might be up your alley. Uh, and you don't have to, you know, turn on uh, Netflix and and watch the, uh, the 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 toys that made us episode. Um, even though that's very good and 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 a great piece of uh, of visual history right there as well. But uh, yeah, this looks very fun. If you have a kid in that age range like I do that is not excited about reading but will read nonfiction, this might be a good choice. Cool. And the last piece of uh, of new media news we have is that uh, Renegade Game Studios. Uh, they are the ones producing the Transformers tabletop role-playing game. Uh, they are putting out a uh, core rule book, and, and that is uh, up for pre-order as well. So it's being released in three different versions. You can get the uh, a digital copy of the rule book. Uh, you can get a physical copy of the rule book, and then you can also order a deluxe copy of the core rule book. Uh, all for uh, three different. Uh, price points actually two of them are the same i don't know why you would want the regular rule book when you could get the deluxe and they're the same price um yeah um but yeah so if you're into this game and maybe you want to actually own a uh you know a rule book then maybe uh, you want to look into this um it's scheduled for release in the fourth quarter of 2022 so um you know maybe uh look to uh to getting that i know that uh mike is really into this game and uh he's probably already pre-ordered it and the the physical rule book if you pre-order the physical rule book it comes with the digital for free oh wow so of course if you if you if you cancel your pre-order they only refund you the (laughs) the um the difference between the the physical and the and the digital so you still have to pay for the digital one oh wow the um this this rule book is 290 pages so it's a it's a good chunk and uh and the main uh the physical copies are $55 so yeah but uh i mean you guys have played this game right so what are your thoughts well i mean so this is we have this is brand new so we have we have we have been playing mike's custom transformers game that he created 
for Empire of Rust. So oh, that okay. is, and then you know, the other thing we did was the the deck building game. Oh, yeah. Okay, I thought that's what this was. Yeah, this this is brand new. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this 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 would be this could potentially be a complement or replacement for the rule set that Mike created for Empire of Rust. Gotcha. Um, so, or like, if you want to start up your own competitive or competing <laughs> podcast, Daryl, you can base it off of this. Maybe I yep. should and make make sure Mike uh, listens. <laughs> the Empire of WD forty. <laughs> But yeah, that's uh, it's you, you know if you guys are you guys uh, looking to get one of these, we know Mike is for sure. Yeah, Mike's definitely going to get this. I'm I'm thinking about it. I mean, I'm not the I I've, I I play role playing games, but I have not been. I do not create campaigns or anything, so I don't know. I might, but I might I might think about getting this. Hmm. Just to, I'm just curious to see what's in there. Okay, Jeremy. I'm not sure. I mean. I might, I'm, I'm not the biggest role playing guy, uh, but I am intrigued about this. Uh, so it, it's a maybe. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for media news this week. Uh, Charles, take it, uh, take it away. All right. Well, that's also going to do it for this episode of Transmissions Alt Mode. Uh, so we're, we, you know, not a lot of stuff happening this week. So we're, we're going, we're, we've come to the end. Um, as always, at the end of every episode, we give a shout out to all our masterpiece Donatrions. So thank you so much to John 4X Levengood and Demon Tech 82. Uh, we really appreciate you guys continuing to support us at our highest level on Patreon, which is why we give you a shout out in every episode. And that'll do it for this episode of Transmissions Alt Mode. Thanks everyone for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye bye. Bye. Later. Thank you for listening to this episode of Transmissions. If you'd like to join the conversation, travel to our Discord channel at transmissionspodcast.com slash discord. Want some cool transmission swag? Feast your eyes on our transmissions gear at transmissionspodcast.com slash shop. If you'd like to support our podcast, go to transmissionspodcast.com slash support or tell your friends about our show. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>